Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Raider Report podcast. My name is Nicholas Benvenuto. I'm the news editor for the Wright State Guardian, joined today by Claire O'Toole, social media assistant. Hi, guys. Holly Hewlett, social media assistant. Hey, everyone. Maxwell Patton, Wright Life reporter. Hola. And today we are very pleased to have faculty president Dr. Laura Lurman with us. Uh, Dr. Lurman, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm really happy to be invited to be part of the Raider Report. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot. I was I was really glad that I got to sit down and, and interview you this week for my story on the faculty senate elections and getting to learn more about that entire process. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we're uh, glad you're here with us today. For those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself and give a little background in your experience at Wright State and higher education in general? Okay, great. Thank you. So I have been, I'm, I'm currently a professor of political science in our School of Public and International Affairs, which is SPIA in the College of Liberal Arts. And I have been at Wright State since 1999. I received my Master of Arts degree and my PhD, the Doctor of Philosophy from Ohio State University. So go Bucks. Um, And I was very excited when I was able to apply and receive the position at Wright State. I am a first-generation college student. Neither one of my parents attended college or university. And I think that's something that has really drawn me to Wright State and um, also has allowed me, I believe, to connect with many of our students because that's the experience that that many of our students have had as well. Um, in, In addition to being a professor of political science, I also direct our master's program. Uh, We have a master of arts program in international and comparative politics. And I've really enjoyed directing that program. That's put me in touch with students from all around the world and has been a lot of fun. And then as I shared with Nicholas in the the Guardian interview last week, um, I've been serving as president of the Faculty Senate since uh, July of 2019. Um, I've been involved in the Faculty Senate for more years than that. I've been involved since 2016, and that's been very eye-opening and a lot of fun and has just been a great um, part of my experience at Wright State. That's great. So what motivated you to become involved in political science? Yeah, that's a fun question. I think I've always been interested in what's going on in politics and decision-making and in and, and the larger world around me as well. Um, my grandfather, one of my grandfathers, is an immigrant from Germany, and he came to this country when he was 16 years old. And I think just kind of hearing some of his stories and, and thinking as a kid, I just couldn't believe that somebody left his family at the age of 16 to go to a different country. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, he actually never got back um, to, to Germany either because of the, the wars that were being fought. Yeah. That whole experience, I think, just kind of made me interested in what was going on in terms of policy and politics. Um, 
in high school, I actually was involved in a program called Youth and City Government. Um, I went to high school in Cincinnati. I attended Purcell Marion High School. And there was a program there that was just a lot of fun. And I ran and I was elected mayor of the city, you know, for this little week-long program that we had. I just think I've always been interested in community service and engagement. And I'm drawn to people who don't see the world like I do. Like some of my, my closest friends, we don't agree on a lot of the, the big issues, including like big political issues. And I, I like to have those sorts of discussions. And, and I find that, you know, really interesting. So I think that combination sort of drew me to politics. You know, one part of the introduction I didn't add, um, my primary area of research is Asian politics, and I mostly focus on Chinese politics. And so I've just always been interested in how people live similarly to us, how people live differently, um, and especially how ordinary citizens, how they interact and engage with their uh, decision makers, with the, their leaders, whether they be in the city, national, or even international. All through college, I was able to work for one of the city council members um, in Cincinnati. And I just love that work. I love that people would call me in the office, you know, wanting to speak to the city council member, and they would have a real problem that they needed to fix. And in working with a city council member and other uh, city officials, I was able in a very small way to help them fix their problem. And I just really enjoy that. And so I think that, you know, that's kind of all kind of come together to help me want to do that sort of work while we were at Wright State and working through Faculty Senate because it's really trying to be a liaison between uh, faculty and the administration and work closely with the staff on campus and students to try to make the university the best place we can make it. That's great. I, uh, I love to hear all about how Wright State staff and faculty are so willing to help, whether it's academically or beyond that. So you kind of touched on this before, since political science often involves debates and controversy, have you always been an outspoken person when it comes to your beliefs and ideas, or is this something you kind of had to learn? That's a fun question. I think my husband would probably say I've always been outspoken, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> You know, actually, even in college, I wasn't that student who would answer every question and who would speak up and debate in classes. I was, I would say, even in kind of grad school, um, I was a little bit quieter. I like to be around people who are sharing their views, though. So um, that, that's kind of a fun question. You know, and even, you know, asking about being outspoken in my beliefs or real solid in my beliefs. You know, I know what I stand for. I know what I believe in. But I also really like to engage with people and um, hear why they might believe things very differently than I do. I, I just find that, you know, really interesting and intriguing and I'm not out to change other people's minds. So um, I would say gaining the, the, the confidence in a large setting to speak out and, and be very forceful, that certainly came over time. Um, but just this this whole idea of, of wanting to understand and hear the opposing points of view. I think that's probably always been part of who I am. That's, that's a fun question. Well, you seem very diplomatic, and I'm sure that uh, everyone appreciates that, especially these days. So, Dr. Lerman, one of the things that you um, pointed out was that you really enjoy engaging in conversations, even if you don't you know, necessarily agree with the people that you are talking with. 
um, about a particular subject. And that, that just amazes me. And I think that that's something that's missing in a lot of people, um, you know, in, in day-to-day conversations. A lot of times now you see people that as soon as they disagree with, with you, you know, whether it be political or something, you know, moral, it's like they instantly, you know, they want to shut you out. They don't want to listen to you. Um, and the conversation just kind of ends. So how important um, is it to you that like, you know, that, that there is people out there that want to engage in these conversations and have these debates and try to learn, you know, you know, somebody from someone that might have a different perspective on life. Um, because I think that that's really important. And I wish that, you know, more people in today's society thought that way. You know, in a democracy, it's absolutely critical. And I couldn't agree with you more. We're losing that right now. Right. Um, you know, I should have said too, I enjoy having those conversations when they can truly be a conversation, like what we're engaging in, you know, through this podcast or, you know, face-to-face conversations. I don't get into those conversations on social media because those are just people making statements, right? It's not going yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's something we have two teenage boys and it's something that we talk with them about, you know, when's, when can you productively have that sort of a conversation? Um, I hope this isn't a Raider report rule violation and tell me if it is. Uh, but one of the classes that I teach, and I'm going to be teaching it next fall, so you know maybe some of the students who are listening to this might be interested. Um, I teach a course on political ideologies, modern political ideologies. And I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite classes to teach because it really embodies this whole idea of you might not agree with somebody, but you have to understand where that point of view comes from. And you know, in each one of the ideologies that we talk about, I try to get students to think about how people who hold those views, how they see the world. And, and I say, you know, it's going to be fundamentally different from what you stand for or what you believe in. But if you can understand the way somebody else could hold those views and recognize that that could be rational, that could be, you know, perfectly acceptable, you know, mm-hmm. that's where you really learn things, right? And yeah, I just, absolutely. it's just a core of who I am. And I, I think, you know, we, we see what happens when we discount people who disagree with us and, and you're never going to learn anything more. Right. I learned so much more about my views. I don't change my views necessarily, but I learned so much more about my views when I have a conversation with somebody who sees the world very, very differently than I do. I'll yeah. tell you, I believe in a democracy. It's absolutely fundamental for us to continue to promote that. And, and I think we have a lot of work ahead of us. Absolutely. So, Dr. Lerman, it sounds like you have done some amazing things um, in your career, and uh, you're very passionate, obviously, about what you teach and what you talk about. And you were granted the COLA Outstanding Outstanding Faculty Member Award in 2018. Describe like the emotions that you felt when you got that award and how happy or excited you were. Hey, thanks for bringing that up. Um, that seems like a long time ago. <laughs> Um, that was really cool. And, and the best part about that was that some of my students, including some of my former students and alums and my current students, they were involved in writing letters of support for that. And, you know, when I found that out, that was just really exciting and gratifying because, you know, sometimes I I look back on my college classes, you know, and there were classes I loved and professors I really enjoyed having And I didn't necessarily always reach out to them and tell them the impact that that had made on me. And it was really great to hear some of the student support for that and some of the things that they said. So that was just very, very exciting because I feel very passionately about my work. 
um, in the School of Public and International Affairs and in COLA, and to to be able to receive that recognition was was really cool. So that that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it, that, that sounds awesome. Um, so outside of your university work, because obviously you do a lot of it and uh, you're great at it and you seem very passionate, what kind of hobbies or activities do you engage in when you're not working? So I'll tell you the thing that surprises my students the most. I remember when one of my grad students, this came up in a conversation. And, and since we haven't met face to face and you don't see that I'm five, four and three quarters, this won't surprise you as much. But I coach <laughs> youth basketball. And um, oh, I, wow, <laughs> well, and, and the student he just he just looked at me. He's like, "You do what?" Um, and he said, "You're a basketball coach." Um, I, I absolutely love it. I played basketball all through high school. Uh, we weren't any good, but I enjoyed it. And um, my my husband and I have two teenage boys, and I've been able to coach both of their teams. This is actually the first year in about ten years that I haven't coached a team. And it's just, it is so much fun. So many days I would go to practice, you know, right from the office, right from teaching a class. And I'd have to run in the restroom and, you know, put on sweatpants and grab my whistle. And um, it was just like the best way to end the days. And these kids were so much fun. And and just like teaching, Um, when I coached them in basketball, I might have taught them how to be a better defensive player or how how to be a better team player. But they taught me so much as well. Um, so yeah, that was, that was just a lot of fun. And, and I've missed that this year. One of my graduate students a couple of years ago was actually uh, served as my assistant coach. And that was fun too, because, you know, we would go from class where we're talking about theories of comparative politics and all these big, big questions. And then two hours later, we would be in the gym together. And he's like, Dr. Lerman, it's really strange to watch you running up and down a court and screaming and blowing a whistle. This is just a disconnect. <laughs> I'm sure. We really had a, a lot of fun together. Um, so I have two teenage boys. They're a huge part of my life. Um, and everything I do, they actually, they love everything about Wright State. My younger son has has told me that he's most definitely coming to Wright State. And he's going to have lunch with me every day. So I, I want that in writing. Right? We'll see that's oh, true. that's sweet. Um, he told Dr. Edwards that he's going to attend Wright State and he's going to be a starting player on their basketball team. So we'll see how that goes. Because, again, I was his coach. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I've been involved. I've also been a Cub Scout leader. And, again, that was just a completely different world from the world of academics and researching and teaching. Uh, but it's something that has just been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot. It really pushed me outside of my comfort zone to take a whole bunch of 12 year old boys camping for the first time that they're ever away from home. Um, (laughs) I can imagine you had some interesting experiences. The very, the very first night with this group of 12 year olds, Mm -hmm. very first night at camp, two tornadoes touched down on the property. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was it was just crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But you know what? The boys did great, and they will never forget their first camping trip. <laughs> so, no, they will not. I'm sure, they won't. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was insane, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, again, you know, you just learn so much from doing things like that. And it, it's just a nice balance to the sort of intellectual work that you end up doing as a professor. So those are those are some of the things I enjoy. What are some of your extracurriculars? I know you're all involved in in um, social media work and The Guardian, but what kind of things are you guys involved in? Well, I'll go first. Um, I really enjoy 
um, hanging out with my friends. I play a lot of video games. I'm also involved in um, an activity called Kendama, which Claire and I'm sure Holly and Maxwell have seen like videos that I post on social media and stuff. Um, but it's a Japanese skill toy that I have just absolutely fallen in love with over the past 12 months. Um, you know, when coronavirus started and we were all in lockdown and we had had to find mm -hmm. things to do, uh, one of my friends sent me a video of him playing with this toy. And I, I kind of relate it to like a yo-yo in some ways. Um, but it's, you know, once you learn about it, it's it's fundamentally different. But that's the closest thing that I can describe it to um, to someone that has never seen or heard of it before. Um, but it basically requires a lot of patience and hand-eye coordination. And it's a lot of fun once you start playing it and learn how to do different tricks. And um, so that that's what I'm involved in. I, I'm kind of an introvert. Um, so I like to sit at home. I like to, to have my own personal space. And I, I really do enjoy the work that I do here at The Guardian and writing and editing. Um, but yeah, in my free time, that's what I'm involved in. Hanging out with my friends, video games, playing Kendama. Um, and just trying to, you know, better myself as a, as a person and a man, I guess. It sounds great. I don't think you have very much free time though. <laughs> it's, it's limited few and far between now, especially since I'm going to be graduating at the end of the summer, I have a lot of things on my plate that I'm trying to accomplish and I'm trying to get the best grades that I can, you know, to finish out strong. Um, I have a goal to be on the Dean's list, um, for these last two semesters. So I'm going to do my best and do everything I can in my power to make sure that that happens. So Free time might be a, li a little bit limited now, but I know it's going to pay off in the end. That's great. That's great. Well, this year's looked a little bit different uh, for me because like with everything going on with the coronavirus uh, and school being online, I decided to take 19 credit hours this semester, which was not super smart, but we're making it through. Um, and I obviously started working at The Guardian in December. Um, so I don't have a lot of free time, but prior to this year, I was uh, coaching high school swimming for several years, which was really fun. Um, oh. I love, I have swum my whole life uh, up to like the age of night from like five to 19. And I just love being in and around the pool. So I started coaching high school swimming when I moved back home a few years ago. And it, that was something I really enjoyed doing. But now my time is very consumed by schoolwork and the guardian and then the actual job that I have too, that I get paid for. <laughs> Understood. Well, um, I have been at the guardian for about a year now. Um, and I love it. I love doing social media. I love the people I work with. Um, I'm just, uh, doing that. And I'm also fully online for classes. So I've been doing that and I'm also been, doing some job and internship search and trying to network because I'm graduating in the spring. Um, and so that takes up a lot of my time as well. That's great. Uh, I would say for me, um, all my classes are online too. So it's, it's been a little bit hectic with that, just trying to get everything organized and trying to figure how, how that whole schedule is going to be. Um, but in, Usually with like my free time, I've been doing a lot of like uh, playing video games. Um, pretty recently, I've I've just been here playing a lot of uh, Dunge Dungeons and Dragons and all that. Um, that's that's, that's been super that's fun. Great. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'll tell you that the involvement with The Guardian, and you guys have done such a great job of keeping the social media presence up and you know covering so many of the important articles. So I know free time outside of classes, and you're all, it sounds like most of you are taking too many hours. You know, I'm sure this has been a really <laughs> intense, intense semester on top of everything else that we're all dealing with. So it's, it's great the way you balance all of those. And I, I think that's such an important life skill. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So at least two of you are getting ready to graduate this semester, right? Yes. Can't believe it. That's great. That's great. That's exciting to know that that's coming up May 1st. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, talking a little bit about the pandemic and like all of our busy schedules and stuff, what are some of the things that you've been able to um, to do to keep busy and keep sane during you know the pandemic and lockdown and not being able to go out? I'll tell you, I've never been so happy to have a dog. <laughs> um we have a really cute poodle. Yeah, he's been he's been a great companion, and he forces us to get out of the house every day, even when the weather's not very nice. Um, so it's funny how much we've all come to appreciate our little furry member of our family. His name's Shadow. He's a miniature poodle, so he's been a lot of fun. Um, we have made it a point as a family to, in as many evenings as possible, to have some special family time after dinner. Um, we played a lot of dominoes. That's kind of been like the focus of so many of our evenings together. And I got to tell you, between the four of us, it can be a wicked game. A lot of people think the domino <laughs> could be a boring game, but I guess maybe the four of us could be a little bit competitive at times. So we have a lot of fun with that. Um, we have close friends in Germany. And one of the things that we started doing early on in the pandemic, we haven't been able to continue it as regularly now. But early on during the lockdown, every Sunday afternoon, we would have a video call with them. And that was really interesting and fun and, you know, trying to to hear, you know, what were they allowed to do in Germany? What are they not allowed to do? How are they handling everything? Because, you know, for those first couple of months, everybody was home all the time. So Mm -hmm. that really that really helped. And that was a connection. And I guess that's probably the other thing. It's just I've tried to make sure that every week I reach out to a couple of friends and some of my former students and just regularly check in with them and and have a conversation, whether that's a video call or just telephone. Um, You know, we've been so separated from people in our normal social interactions, just trying to figure out some ways we can try to to recreate that and, and capture that. I'll be really glad when spring rolls around and we can take walks a little bit more comfortably, but it's been tricky Although it's been kind of mild so far this winter, but I think we're we're getting ready for some very cold weather this week. Yeah. So those have been some of the main things I've done. Yeah, that's awesome, and I like I like to hear that you are um, focusing on you know kindling those relationships that you have because that's one of the things that I've been trying to focus on as well. Um, is you know while we are stuck inside and we can't go out and do certain things, um, you know there are mediums that you can use to keep in contact with your friends and family and check up on them and make sure that they're okay because. You know, one of the biggest things that that we've seen, especially if you look at the numbers of, um, you know, hospitalizations, a lot of those hospital hospitalizations are coming from people that are suffering from mental health problems and depression and anxiety. Um, so I think that that's really important in this time to, you know, keep an eye out on your friends and your family and your loved ones and make sure that everybody's doing OK. Yeah, we have to do that. You're right. You're right. Um, so we got a couple more questions for you. Just two more here. This one is interesting. Um and there, I'm sure there's a lot of ways that you could answer this. What do you love most about Wright State and the opportunities that you have been afforded here at this university? That is a great question. I, you know, from my very first 
quarter. Okay, because when I started in '99, we were on academic quarters instead mm-hmm. of semesters. I have just found the students in my classes and in my programs so inspiring. They just every day they make me want to be a better professor, and they they teach me how to be a better professor. Um, whether it's you know sometimes we'll have students who you know we have so many military engaged students you know, and they've served all around the world and they're, they're coming back to finish a degree or to start a degree, just the experiences that they bring to the classroom. Um, again, with, with our students being, having many first-generation students, I, I just love seeing their enthusiasm, seeing their interest, and, you know, most importantly, watching them succeed. And it's, it just begins at graduation, right? Commencement means to begin, and so I love commencement day more than any other day of the year. And when you see students graduate, they're just starting things. And then to be able to follow up with them, I, I was fortunate enough to have an extended conversation with one of my alums yesterday. And after I hung up the phone, I just thought, you know, it is so, it is such a privilege to be able to interact with young people and, and not so young people, because we have a variety of students who mm-hmm. are seeking knowledge in order to make a better difference in this world, you know, to make a positive difference in this world. And, and I just love that. And I truly view it as a position of privilege to be able to be engaged with people as they're taking courses, completing internships, and seeking employment, all because they want to be better at whatever they're doing. So I just love that. Um, I think one of the other things I love about Wright State, and particularly my position in SPIA, is that I get to to teach students at a range of their academic background or in a range of their academic levels. So, you know, first thing in the morning, I might teach a general education course, a core course that's going to have engineers and psychology majors and nurses and theater students. And then at the end of the day, I'll be teaching a graduate level seminar for people who are earning a master's degree in political science, and they might want to go onto a PhD and become a university professor. I love that I can stretch my brain and my teaching capabilities to meet students who are taking, you know, their only course ever in political science as a gen ed and students who want to make a career out of political science. So I really appreciate having that, that reach. Um, I also have been really fortunate to work with fantastic faculty colleagues. And what's so great about the Senate work, and I was telling Nicholas this the other day when we were interviewing for the newspaper article, Mm -hmm. um, is that I get to interact with engineering professors, business professors, school of medicine professors. You know, why would a political scientist have the opportunity to be able to sit down and work on a project with people from that many disciplines? And, you know, the, the, the Senate and shared governance and all that work has given me that opportunity. And I'll tell you, these people are inspiring. And, you know, just like I hope you as students saw last spring and summer, um, I certainly saw the best of my colleagues come out when, you know, March 9th, the order came down that we all had to, to, to move and switch into a remote learning and everything just kind of the rug got taken under, out from underneath our legs, right? And what did everybody do? Mm-hmm. They buckled down. We were working around the clock the whole month of March, and that continued through April and May and all summer. It was just so cool to to 
you know, be able to send a note out to a group of people and say, hey, here's this problem. We need to figure out how to solve it. And then everybody says, okay, I'm free at eight o'clock tonight. And everybody gets together in the WebEx room or other video conferencing platform and we do it. So that's just been unbelievably stressful, but unbelievably inspiring as well. So that's been great. I've really enjoyed my time at Wright State. Yeah, that's amazing. And I can say as a student, um, you know, that's been here for almost four years now, I've been, you know, seeing everything from the strike to a global pandemic. Um, I just, I'm truly inspired as a student. Um, and as a person, you know, just seeing the hard work and the dedication that our professors and people in faculty senate and, you know, just everybody involved in administration, everybody in the university has worked so hard. Um, and I've been able to witness that from the perspective of a student over the past four years. Um, you know, and that just inspires me in my own professional life that, you know, when you're doing something that you're truly passionate about and you truly care about the people that you're working with and the people that you're working for and you're serving, um, you know, amazing things can be done even in the light of, you know, a global pandemic or um, a strike or any of the other craziness that's gone on over the past four years. Um, so, yeah, I'm truly amazed by the work that you and your colleagues um, are able to do, um, especially when, like you said, the rug was pulled out. Nobody knew that this was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, that's just truly inspiring to me as well. Oh, that's great to hear you say that. You know, I was trying to explain to somebody who's completely outside of the academic world, you know, being a professor isn't my job. It's my vocation. It's not, you know, I don't look at the clock. I'm mm -hmm. not nine to five. As you know, I'm not Monday through Friday either, right? I mean, this is just who I am. And um, to hear that, that that's recognized by by our students is really important. And it's just, uh, it's just kind of, it touches every core of our being. So I'm really happy to hear that that's been your experience and you've been able to see that, to see that, you know, we're not always perfect. We, we make mistakes, but hopefully we fix them too. Absolutely. As we all do, we're all human mistakes happen, but you know, when you get a group of people together that are truly passionate and love what they're doing, um, I think amazing things can happen. And, and I've truly seen amazing things happen here at Wright State over at least over my four years here. Um, Great. So going into our, going into our last question here, this is kind of a fun question that we like to ask everybody that comes on. Um, and, you know, you have a very busy schedule. Like you said, you're not Monday through Friday. You work weekends. You take calls at eight o'clock at night. So um, do you drink coffee? And if you do drink coffee, how do you like your coffee? <laughs> um, I'm naturally caffeinated. I don't drink very much coffee. <laughs> I do drink a lot of tea. And, and maybe that's come from my experiences in Asia. But um the few times I drink coffee, I like it with dessert. Like, so I'm not a morning coffee drinker, but I love to have, you know, coffee with a lot of whipped cream, uh, maybe with a piece of cake or a piece of pie, but that's pretty rare. And um, watch out. Once you give me any more caffeine, uh, my high energiness goes even higher. So <laughs> that's a fun question. I would definitely suggest tuning into the, um, the show Rockin' Raider. Um, and... Uh, it, we're mainly talking about uh, popular music, whether it's like rock music, and it's mainly based on rock. It's obviously called Rock and Raider, and it's got pop music, jazz, literally whatever you, whatever we can play. As long as the FCC won't kill us for playing explicit music, we're good. Um, also, uh, coming up on this upcoming show, we have the uh, the debut of the Musically Right podcast and the integration of that into the show, which is going to be a lot of fun. Our first guest is from The Guardian, uh, Tracy Evett, and it was a super fun conversation. Uh, it's going to be going up on Spotify and all other Spotify, all other podcast platforms uh, here on tomorrow, hopefully. So I'm looking forward to you guys hearing it. Awesome. I can second that. All of the shows at WWSU 106.9 are really fun to listen to. Um, Rock and Raider is a really fun one. Of course, Maxwell here hosts that one. So I recommend checking that out. 
Um, also, be sure to check out our social media platforms for The Guardian at WSU Guardian on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, pretty much anywhere that there's a social media at WSU Guardian for your right source of news. Claire, Holly, Maxwell, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with us. I, like always, I always enjoy sitting down with you guys on a weekly basis and having guests on and talking um, everything right state. Dr. Lurman, thank you so much for being here as well. It's been amazing sitting down and talking with you once again. So yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back next week for episode 21. And that's it. Bye, guys.